From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. You've tuned the national news from the WIA for week commencing August 21, 2016. VI4BLT50. In honour of the 50th anniversary of the Battle of Long Tan, VI4BLT50 and a VI6 version are on the air for a month. VI4BLT50 has a roster system and you and VK4ERM and Dale VK4DMC are at the moment the two ex-servicemen operators. This is the special event that Malcolm VK6LC got rolling that we told you about in last week's national newscast. Following the ACMA's issuing of call signs to mark the important anniversary, Mal Johnson VK6LC has been given VI6BLT50, while other veterans may apply through the WIA to use on a roster basis the call sign VI5BLT50. Already VI4BLT50 has been heard on air from Queensland. These commemorative call signs issued by the ACMA for 30 days pay honour to those in the Vietnam War, with a focus on the anniversary of the Battle of Long Tan, that being August 18, 1966. No doubt we vets will also now recall the Second Battle of Long Tan. This is the Vietnamese government at the last hour cancelled in-country memorial activity where hundreds of Australian diggers had travelled to pay their respects. As one ex-Australian broadcaster, now government senator, would have said, shame Shame, shame. Wyson, New South Wales has been activated twice in August to assist at searches for missing persons. Wyson is an affiliate of the New South Wales Volunteer Rescue Association. The first activation this month was in the Domeni area of the New South Wales South Coast where Wyson provided communication support for the New South Wales Volunteer Rescue Association teams. These were involved in the search for a missing elderly man. Unfortunately, the search of bushland at the weekend failed to find him. The man, who has Alzheimer's disease, disappeared from a Domeni retirement home way back on July 9. Where he is remains a complete mystery. The second activation was a search for a missing 24-year-old man in the lower Portland area, northwest of Sydney. This missing 24-year-old Chinese national had been missing in bushland at lower Portland since the morning of August 7. The man vanished from a bushdoof dance party, with friends not realising he was missing for some 12 hours. It is believed the gentleman walked off before 9am on the Sunday after the party, not to be seen again. Wyson provided communication support for teams from multiple agencies once the search had progressed into more difficult terrain. Wyson provides a means for amateur radio operators to contribute a little back to their community. If you're interested, look for the Wyson Group in your state by visiting wyson.org.au. The groundbreaking Australian invention that led way for global Wi-Fi has been added to a major exhibition that charts human history. The CSIRO's 1992 Wireless Local Area Network Testbed is now in A History of the World at the National Museum of Australia in Canberra. Like lots of new technology, a testbed was shown around the world. It was hard work, including having it described by a major company as just a passing fad. Now, WIA Board Talk. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with news on licensee numbers and what might be done about attracting new amateurs. 
In a recent broadcast, I reported that the total number of individual amateur licensees in 2015 reached 14,144, which is up from 14,035 for 2014. Well, I was wrong. I am informed that the figure of 14,144 individual amateur licensees for 2015 is in fact 13,977. So, we lost 58 amateurs over 2015 compared to 2014, when there were 14,035 licensees. Mark Hillman, VK3OHM, who ran the numbers from the ACMA database for the WIA's Open Forum reports, published for the AGM in May, has uh, confessed to the error. I accept all the blame for misleading people, he said in an email to me. Good on you, Mark. Mark's sterling analytical efforts to provide snapshots of amateur licensee numbers over the years are widely appreciated, no less so than by the WAA board. I am reminded of a few lines from the goon show's Tales of Old Dartmoor. The goons take Dartmoor Prison for a sailing holiday to the south of France. Having discovered that Eccles is responsible for a miscalculation in navigation, Nettie Seagoon berates Eccles, shouting, You idiot! We're 4,000 miles off course! Eccles responds with, Nobody's perfect. Anyway, amid the bad news of 58 licensees lost over 2015, I took a look at 2013 versus 2014. We had 14,202 licensees in 2013, which fell to 14,035 for 2014. That's a loss of 167 amateurs. Wow. Can we conclude that the loss is declining because we only lost 58 over 2015? Well, no. Not until you know what happened over this year. Naturally, of course, the naysayers out there will blame these losses on the nearest available target the Institute. But then, aren't we all in this together? At the regular August WIA board meeting this past week, the board agreed to organise a symposium, you might call it a summit, in November, in Canberra, for all those interested or involved in STEM or STEAM activities, science, technology, engineering, arts and maths. To plan ways and means the amateur radio community can engage those interested in technical pursuits. This is one area from which future radio amateurs will likely emerge. Watch this space. This has been WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. We continue WIA and the National News Service and Board Talk. The Australian Communications and Media Authority has now fixed its Spectra computer system that was not recording renewals and new licences properly. After a meeting with the ACMA, the WIA agreed to suspend its issuing of callsign recommendations. The suspension was due to teething problems with the ACMA Spectra computer system. This has now been restored and the public list of available call signs is active again on the WIA website. The WIA exam service has also completed all of its delayed call sign recommendations. As WIA Director Roger Harrison mentioned earlier, the WIA has called for interest in a proposed symposium in Canberra to identify how radio amateurs can actively participate in the Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts and Maths or the STEAM initiative. Rather than aiming directly at the recruitment of new radio amateurs among young people, 
The STEAM program initiated by the Federal Government has a role for some existing radio amateurs to help teachers and schools. The WIA Board recognises the potential for WIA members to use their technological expertise to contribute. The proposed WIA Symposium hopes to form project groups for identified STEAM activities. The expected skills by those participating include instructional design, online and IT education expertise, delivery specialisation, curriculum development and assessment expertise. A symposium plan is being developed but will have scope for written papers from anybody unable to attend in person. The WIA will fund the venue in Canberra, morning and afternoon tea and a light lunch, with attendees paying just for their own travel and accommodation. A call for expressions of interest will be made to gauge interest in this proposed symposium to be held in Canberra Saturday, November 19. You are listening to VK1 WIA and the broadcast of news and information. At 10.30am and 8pm each Sunday, it is carried by the VK3BWI network through VK3RMM Mount Macedon, VK3RML Mount Dandenong and VK3RMU on Mount St. Leonard. A recent update of the VK3RML repeater on 146.7 MHz on Mount Dandenong gives a superior signal. Check it out. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor. Hams across Australia and Australian hams have more than 60 registrations in this, the 19th International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend, which is in focus right now. A lot of activity is being heard on 40 and 20 metres, with both local and DX stations from more than 40 countries activating structures that once provided navigation to ships negotiating the coastlines. Among the Australians, Tableland Radio Group at Grassy Hill Lighthouse for the 12th consecutive year. Have a listen for VK4GHL, which stands for Grassy Hill Light, looking for QSOs with many Australian, New Zealand and overseas stations. Another is the Curry Lighthouse on King Island with Tony VK3VTH, operating portable VK7. A full list of registrations can be downloaded from illw.net. In VK4, news from North Queensland and the Townsville club rooms are off-limits for the next few weeks. Advice from Townsville City Council has been received that there have been some asbestos particles detected in a part of their building that houses both the TAR club rooms and SES storage areas. The rooms are therefore off-limits for the next few weeks while Council perform checks on the possible source of the particles. Just because the rooms are closed doesn't mean the club has. Keep your radios tuned to the TARC frequencies for details, including those on these this month. WRERA, URI Gold Horse Endurance Rides, and Renton Memorial Net, and Tech on the Air Net. In this broadcast later, we'll have more details on these events. In Tasmania, VK7, they've just held the Festival of Bright Ideas, part of VK's annual National Science Week, and not surprisingly, Amateur Radio played a big role in this celebration of all things scientific, and Reist the Radio and Electronics Association of Southern Tasmania enjoyed particularly active traffic at its stand at the festival, with student groups stopping by throughout the day on Friday, August 14. According to Justin, VK7 Tangled Whiskers, writing on the group's Facebook page, the youngsters took a crack at Morse code decoders, tried out an SDR receiver, had hands-on experience with microwave transceivers, and got some information on school amateur radio clubs that they can take back to their classrooms. From Australia, this is VK1WIA, 
and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International News, I'm John Mazels, VK2JPM. Anyone who works near high-power transmitters knows how sensitive receivers can be overloaded. Police in Evanston, Illinois, contacted the ARRL lab after an apparent interference source began plaguing wireless vehicle key fobs, cell phones and other wireless electronics around the 600 block of Dempster Avenue in Evanston. Key fob owners found they couldn't open or start their vehicles remotely until the vehicles were towed at least a block away. To make matters worse, they couldn't call for help on their cell phones to report the problems. The police turned to the ARRL for help after striking out with the FCC, which told them it considered key fob malfunctions a problem for automakers. Despite evidence that the interference was affecting not just class-licensed key fobs, but also cell phones, a fully licensed radio service. ARRL Lab EMC specialist Mike Gruber, V1MG, felt the FCC should have paid more attention and given the seriousness of the situation, W1MG contacted Central Division Director Kermit Carlson, W9XA, to ask if he could look into the matter. On June the 2nd, Carlson met with an Evanston police officer, a sergeant, a local business owner and the local alderman, and he quickly confirmed the reports that the 600 block was plagued with an odd RFI problem. The ARRL laboratory then went into fox hunt mode, using a receiver and Yagi beam to survey the affected block. Finally, they found a recently replaced neon sign containing a switch mode power supply which was emitting a substantial signal. The ARRL described the situation as further evidence of the electromagnetic compatibility problems that are evolving with non-compliant, unintentional RF-emitting devices. The ARRL has long been against the grow lights used in domestic hydroponic systems that also radiate RF energy. Nothing to do with the crop typically under cultivation. Meantime, it's been discovered that a popular car with keyless entry can have its remote controller reverse-engineered cheaply. It's possible to intercept a wireless key fob signal to enable it to be cloned. Watch out for this, as it's a potential security risk. Meanwhile, across the pond in the UK, Radio Resource International reports that Sussex Raynet will receive new mobile emergency communications thanks to a donation from local electricity distributor SEPD, the Southern Electric Power Distribution. Sussex Raynet is one of four local groups of the Radio Amateurs Emergency Network serving the county of Sussex, England. The group operates in an area roughly bounded by the Ouse River Valley and the border with Surrey and Hampshire counties, an area of nearly 800 square miles with 23,000 postcodes, according to its website. The group is using the donation from SEPD's Resilient Communities Fund to build a mobile resilience trailer to transport communications equipment into areas badly affected by severe storms and major incidents. And in Ireland, the Irish Radio Transmitter Society, the IRTS, is offering the first year of membership free of charge to encourage EI licence holders who are currently not members of IRTS to join the society. 
Mm. They've made the offer to all holders of EI licences issued after the 1st of January this year and the initiative will run until the 31st of March 2017. The licence must be in a personal capacity, that is, it's not a club or a special call. Membership will give new licence holders experience of the benefits of the society, including the use of the QSL Bureau. For existing members of the IRTS who obtain their full licence between the dates mentioned, the Society will give one-year free membership on expiry of their current subscription. So the IRTS have all bases covered. The HARP facility is going to reopen in 2017 under new ownership. Alaska's High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, or HARP, facility will reopen in 2017. The sprawling facility now is under the ownership of the University of Alaska Fairbanks, or UAF, and the UAF Geophysical Institute is preparing HARP for a new sponsored research campaign that's set to begin early next year, according to UAF researcher Chris Fallon, who is also KL3WX. HARP is known as the world's most capable high-power, high-frequency transmitter for study of the ionosphere. The FCC recently granted HARP two experimental service licenses for research. WI2 X-ray Foxtrot X-ray covers experiments on various frequencies between 2.65 and 8.1 MHz. WI2 X-ray Delta Victor covers ionospheric research between 1 and 40 MHz. UAF will be reinstalling the vacuum tubes in each of the 10 kilowatt amplifiers, eventually 360 in total, that were removed by the US Air Force, the facility's former owner, for warm storage in the main facility, KL3WX said. He later clarified that that's just one half of the 720 tubes required to equip all of HARP's transmitters. 7.2 megawatts, folks. HARP is aimed at studying the properties and behaviour of the ionosphere. And why is this important? Well, let's go back to the 23rd of May 1967, amidst the high-strung economic and political tension of the Cold War, when all three of the United States' ballistic missile early warning radars became simultaneously jammed. Located in the high-latitude areas of Alaska, Greenland and the UK, These radars were designed to detect incoming Soviet missiles, and any attack or disruption of these radars was considered to be an act of war. An article in Sky and Telescope tells how the US Air Force, believing their radars had been intentionally jammed by the Soviet Union, authorised aircraft with nuclear strike capabilities to take to the skies. But... Timely information from space weather forecasters who realised that it was just a powerful solar flare jamming the radar managed to prevent military action, just in time. And that's the value of applied research, folks. We all benefit. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational News, I'm Felix VK for a few Q2016. The 19th International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend is on now, August 2021. 36 Alara is on the last four weekend in August, August 27-28. September 23 to 25, D Star, Digital Amateur Radio, QSA Party.
2017, Ham Radio on the Ferries, 12th of March. Now let's see what's happening in the YL world in that Alara contest. Thanks, Felix. It's time for all those YLs out there to get their contest hat on. The Alara contest is next weekend, August 27 and 28. The rules have changed significantly, so please download them from www.alara.org.au. Mike, VK3 Alpha Victor Victor, has also pulled out all stops to make changes to his VKCL contest logging software for this contest. The link to download it is also on the Alara website and is included in the text edition on the WIA News link. Using VKCL means you won't have to calculate points, multipliers or check the time since you last worked a station. And you can email your log immediately after the contest finishes. For those YLs who have never entered a contest before, now's the time to dip a toe in the water and make contacts with other YLs and OMs in what is a very friendly contest. I look forward to meeting many of you on air. This is Diane, VK4DI, Alara Contest Manager. Thanks, Diane, VK4DI. Rollo. No, not the old chocolate lolly treat, but a contest that's a little different from the home OT, the original Rollos, the UK. It's the RSGB's Rotating Locators Contest. Yes, you guessed it. Rollo stands for Rotating Locators, so-called because the contest exchange depends on the locator received in the previous QSO and the exchanges consist of entrance locators. There are two of these short contests per year, SSB in April and CW in October. These contests were previously based on UK postcodes, zip codes, which only meant they were accessible to UK stations. Now they are open to UK and non-UK stations too. Rollo 2 CW happened 16th October 2016 on 80 metres. DXNet and Special Event Advice Put this next one on a post-it note on your shack wall, but it does not happen until way in 2018, we hope. Booby Island, the expedition, 3Y0Z. Operators will probably be on 160-10 metres on CWSSB and Riddy. QSL manager for the 3Y0Z, the expedition will be Bob, N2OO. The duration of their visit to the most remote island on Earth may be as long as three weeks, weather permitting of course. W9Y, York Radio Club in Elmhurst, Illinois, 80th Anniversary Special Event Station from August 19 until September 2. Operators will use the call W9Y. The York Radio Club is an ARRL Special Services Club. The Chicago Area Organization will kick off a celebration with an open house at Elmhurst Fire Department Training Facility. Amateur radio memorabilia from over the years was on display. Operation 80 through 20 metres, SSB and CW. QSL via KB9DVC. And Redden Memorial Net this Tuesday. One of the friendliest radio nets in the land happens this Tuesday evening, August 23rd from 7.30pm on the Townsville UHF repeater. It's the Anne Redden Memorial Net. The net is open to young and old, YLROM, and is a golden opportunity for anyone who needs practice on air to go on the net as a second operator. Let's see if the YLs can outnumber the OMs this week. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Right across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide's southern suburbs, it can be heard on VK5 RAD 2 metre repeater at 0900 hours local 
I'm Steph, VK5HSX, on behalf of the South Coast Amateur Radio Club. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Rewind and Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. P4A as HALSAT geostationary satellite launch has been rescheduled. AMSAT Deutschland reports that the P4A transponder on SHAL-2 is rescheduled for launch in the third quarter of 2017. Peter Galzo, DB20S, wrote, We have been informed by ELSHAL's Quatar satellite company that the launch of ELSHAL-2 with the first P4A geostationary amateur transponder has been shifted to quarter 3, 2017. Worldwide special interest groups internet the HAMS domain. Field strength calculation software, yes, field strength calculation software, ik nerp calc, has been around for a while. You can use it to calculate the distance a person needs to stay away and stay clear from a given antenna to ensure that European exposure limits are not exceeded. The RSGB advises that a new version has been released with an enlarged antenna database, plus German, English, French and Swedish language capabilities. And you can download the new version free from the IARU Region 1 website. Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA. OC196, VK5CE will be active as VK5CE-3 from Gabo Island between January the 31st and February the 1st next year, that's 2017, QSL via his home call sign of VK5CE. OC266, VK5MAV will be active as VK5MAV-6 from Viney Island between September the 9th to the 13th, that's next month, Activity will be on 40 to 10 metres and QSL via his home radio call sign VK5MAV. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Plenty of practice for those in the Curly Wind region of VK4 by helping out with TARC communication support. There's a full program of communication support events that you can get involved with and have some radio fun. On Saturday the 20th and Sunday the 21st of August, it's the Rira Uri Gold Farms Full Moon Horse Endurance Rides in the Bowen region. Sunday Region Endurance Riders Association Rira Uri Gold Farm Endurance Rides all happen in the verdant slopes of the Uri Gold Farm, just out of Marinda, north of Bowen, North Queensland. You're able to camp out early at Ride Base from Thursday onwards. The ride starts up on Friday afternoon and will mainly run into the evening. And on Sunday the 25th of September, it's the TCAC King of the Hill Hill Climb Round 4 held on Mount Stewart. This is a chance to get out in the field and mix your radio with high-speed organised autosports. Operators man the start and flying finish positions on the Mount Stewart Road. Safety and time control communications and your chance to get a CAMS official's licence. 7.30am start and finish by 3.30pm. Rewind and a look back on our history. World War I communications and the telenet of things. ENT magazine of the Institution of Engineering and Technology, IET, reports on the exigencies of World War I, 
meant that electronic communications had to find new ways to interoperate in the battlefield and the home front. Can the beginnings of today's interconnected domains be found in the innovations that came out of the necessities of that war? When the First World War began, the British War Office seemed to pay little attention to the developments of new technologies to be deployed in the prosecution of hostilities. There was, of course, no way of knowing that in 1914 that the conflict would last more than four years or that electronic communications would come to play such an integral part in the Allied war effort on both the front line and the home front. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. Well, it does take us to the end of WIA and the National News Service. On the social scene, just one big event in August left to go. It's in VK2, it's in Lismore. It's August 28, the VK2 Summerland Hamfests at their club rooms. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.